Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Grr, good dog. That's a bad hat, Harry. It's a good dog. Not a doctor. Bye, have a beautiful from you, love. Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Arcane League of Legends Season 1. Damask Leary, you look super happy to be here today. I'm so excited to talk about this show. I'm so excited. I'm full of beans. Full of Excellent. beans. Excellent. What's news for you? What have you been up to? Um, I today I well I've got a fabulous new job lined up for next year, and today I'm going down to sign the contract officially. So I'm pretty happy about that. That is very yes. exciting news. Congratulations on that. You Thank worked very you. hard to get to this point. It's nice to hit a point where you're like, <sighs> yeah, pay off. Of, yeah, Woo-hoo. pay off. Exactly yeah. right. We love mm. pay off. What about stories. you, bro? Um, I've just been trying to enjoy Victoria's relative freedoms again. Um, Yay! Came busy seeing my parents, seeing friends, uh, enjoying what is currently really warm and muggy weather for Melbourne. We've somehow mm. inherited Queensland weather. I don't know how that happened. I'm going to assume climate change. It's probably about right. Um, and like looking forward to getting to the movies a couple of times. I've seen We Saw Shang-Chi. We watched together on Disney Plus mm-hmm, uh, about a week ago now. Uh, I've seen the new James Bond film, which I enjoyed. What else has been there? Obviously, Eternals. Looking forward to seeing Dune or June or June, depending on who you ask, how you pronounce that, <laughs> uh, on IMAX next week. It's with a Paul hard Mitzi. D, right? I think Dune. it's a hard D. I think it's, I look at it, D-U-N-E, Dune. Like, that's how it should be pronounced, right? Except, I suppose when I'm at the beach, I do say San June. That's what I mean. Australians say June. But yeah, June but I feel like the, this June is, is the Dune. Character. This is Dune, right? Yeah. Dune is the lead character of The Handmaid's Tale. Dune <laughs> is the, the sci-fi fantasy film I want to see. Yeah. Um, and seeing that with Paul Mitzi, uh, who is a South Australian resident who's coming over Yay! to Victoria because now he's allowed in. Uh, oh. So, we're going to see that IMAX together. Which I could only dream of interstate travel. <laughs> yeah. One day. I'm keeping my eye out. One day. Yeah. If something I love happens. If, interstate way, travel is harder than you know, less product. likely than interstellar. Travel yeah. at this point, which is, just in- which is just insane to me. Just ask uh, Bezos or Musk yeah. to put you on a spaceship. <laughs> no, I was going to say, if let's say, spitballing scenario, what if WA turns around and says, WA residents can leave and they can come back, just have to have a PCR test and not get back, have, test until they get, you know, isolate until they get a test mm. negative. Um, But people outside the WA can't come in, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Would you consider, is, are you in a position to travel over? Totally, if you pay for it. <laughs> uh, financially, no, not at, not at this juncture. I would certainly consider it. Uh, mm. I do have some jet, dollar, jet star dollars saved that might be worth using. Mate, 
any opportunity to travel to Melbourne, I'm fucking there. If something like that changes before I can come over there and see you, we'll make yeah. it happen. In Woo-hoo. the meantime, though, let's get to our spoiler-free review of Arcane League of Legends Season 1. Let me clue you in. Season in review. Arcane League of Legends is an animated sci-fi fantasy series produced by video game developer Riot Games and serves as something of a prequel story to the hugely successful MOBA League of Legends. Premiering on Netflix on November 6, 2021, Arcane tells the origin stories of several popular uh, League of Legends characters brought to life by French animation studio Fortiche and voice actors Haley Steinfeld, Ella Purnell, Kevin Alejandro, Katie Leung, Harry Lloyd, Jason Spisak... Tox Oligandoye, JB Blunk, and Reed Shannon, just to name a few. Arcane League of Legends consists of nine episodes, each coming in at around 41 minutes, and took us approximately six hours and 10 minutes to watch. Arcane has found a huge audience, ranking number one on the Netflix top 10 chart in 52 countries, prompting the announcement that a second season was in production for a post-2022 release. And I just want to take this opportunity, too, to make a quick side note that we are currently living through the era of Haley Steinfeld mm. on on TV, apparently. She's having a heck of a, of a November. She has Arcane, which came out of nowhere for you and I, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did know already that Dickinson Season 3 was coming out, and we knew that Marvel series Hawkeye was dropping this month. But that's three pretty huge sort of like TV things all happening at the same time for this young woman. Um, that's pretty exciting for her. She's been great. Yes. So, you go on. Oh, I was just going to say, I love you, Haley. <laughs> Long live the queen. Uh, So, listener of the show, GJ Corbin, has asked us a series of fantastic questions around our game. (gasps) I didn't know this. Including a great leading question for our review. They ask... Did either of us have any familiarity with League of Legends or its world before watching Arcane? Damask. No, that's actually how I like start my spoiler-free review is saying that I had no idea at all that it was a game. I just saw like this cool animated show being previewed to me uh, on Netflix. I was like, okay, sure. So, yeah, totally ignorant to the fact that it was a game. So, okay, so, yeah, not just that uh, Arcane was connected to the game, but you weren't really aware of League of Legends. Never as, heard of it before okay, cool. in my life. So, I'm, I'm, I'm a video gamer to some degree, but I, I'm not really an mul- online multiplayer gamer. Um, the closest I got to that was I did play a lot of Overwatch for a while. Though we don't talk about Overwatch and Blizzard much these days because that's a fucked company at the moment. Um, And even Riot has its problems at the moment too, though not quite as well publicised or under the pump as as Blizzard is at the moment. But um, yeah, MOBAs have never really hit for me. So I'm aware of Dota, Dota 2. I'm aware of League of Legends. I think Heroes of the Storm is Steam's one. And I've tried Pokemon Unite, which is kind of baby's first MOBA, I think. And I think I played two. Can you tell me what MOBA means? uh, Massively... Massive online battle arena, I think is what it means. Okay. Essentially, the idea is that you play in like teams and mm. then each of you plays as a certain hero or champion and right. then you battle through this arena. You're trying to like, I'm not sure exactly if they all have the same objectives, but like in Pokemon Unite, you're trying to earn points by winning territory in these certain areas, basically. You, okay. It's sort of like a top down. It's It's built off like real-time strategy games. It was like, I think Dota is the original one that was built off I want to say Warhammer or something like that, and the it was it's got the same top down look that you'd 
you know, playing um, Civilization or Age gotcha. of Empires or, yeah. you know, uh, World of Warcraft or StarCraft. Yeah. So it's sort like of an, off, it's an offshoot of that genre mm. that became really popular to the point where, like in esports terms, these things are huge. If you go on Twitch or something like that, there are always thousands of people watching the pro gamers play these games. Huge, huge, huge money. And mm. um, I mean, League of Legends, I'm aware of it. Um, it's been around for over a decade. Uh, I've been to enough PAX conventions to have seen people cosplaying as characters and stuff like mm. that. But I don't, I couldn't name a single character or say, oh, that's a League of Legends character before watching Arcane, if that makes sense. Okay, cool. Cool. So, with that in mind, Damask, could you please give us your spoiler free review of Arcane League of Legends Season 1? I absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so as I was just saying, I, you know, saw this preview come up on Netflix uh, one day. I think Angela and I were just like, what are we going to watch tonight? The the classic question we all ask ourselves every single day. What am I going to watch? Um, so I turned on Netflix and this the first preview that came up was for this show called Arcane. I had no idea that it had anything to do with the video game. And I think even after the first three episodes, I still had no idea and then did some Googling. So I'm like, who is behind? Like, what is this creative team? This is a fully realized world. What's going on? And then I was like, oh, it's a video game. Okay. So just at the top, I just want people to know that you don't need to have any prior knowledge to this show. Um I think it's maybe even like beneficial that you don't because like I, there were twists and turns. I'm like, whoa, this character is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. So it was just like totally new for me walking in um, and that was a really special experience. So, yeah, Netflix released this season in weekly three-episode chunks and I personally think it was the perfect way to do it. Like each three-episode act was its own little movie and wonderfully told. It gave the opportunity for the audience to watch it together and kind of build that online excitement that, you know, we saw in times past with weekly shows like Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, and you couldn't you couldn't get ahead of anyone else, which was really nice. Uh, I like the Game of Thrones is the reference point there and not all of TV before the internet. Like when we were just, that's how TV was released. Yeah. But yes. Well, because it's like... The, it's different than like, you know, going to school and chatting to all your friends about, I don't know, the episode you watched last last night as opposed to as soon as you finish a show, the first thing you well, I do is I jump on Twitter. Yeah. Like, what are the people saying? Because I really love this. Are they loving it too? Um, which just really helps to build that excitement. Uh, the world they've built on this show is 100% fully realized and lived in. Um, I think it could have easily made the mistake of wanting to, include every facet of its law and bog us down in the detail but it it doesn't like not at all like we're presented with a world very different from our own um and we're given context clues like just enough to give us what we need without feeling like idiots i recently watched the first two episodes of wheel of time on prime yeah because i love rosamund pike and i love fantasy so i was like oh yes please um you know, like my love of fantasy is one of the reasons I clicked on Arcane so quickly without knowing anything about it. Um, but Wheel of Time <laughs> really wants you to know all of its in-depth fantasy lore 
And it just makes the dialogue so stilted and idiotic and it made me want to pull my hair out. I was like, this is not how we should be doing fantasy anymore. It reminded me of shows I would watch back in the day, like Xena and Hercules. Mm. And it's just like, oh, God, it should be better than this. A little bit more nuanced now. I feel like Wheel of Time is going to get buried on Amazon. I'm not sure many people are watching that show at this stage. I mean, which worries me about the Lord of the Rings one that's coming up next year because that's Amazon yeah. too, isn't it? And that's yeah. But the thing is, like Wheel of Time. So far, I've only watched two episodes, and I am going to keep trying. But you know, you watch that first episode; it's bad. It's a bad episode. Mm. So if Lord of the Rings is good, I don't see any reason why it should be buried. It's just I think the quality of Wheel of Time is not there. Mm-hmm. Um. But for, you know, all I was saying about Wheel of Time, Arcane doesn't do any of that. I don't feel like someone is reading me a story or a video game booklet. Mm-hmm. Instead, it feels like you're being dropped off in like some kind of foreign place and given the opportunity just to kind of explore mm-hmm. and discover things for yourself. Like it really is fantastic storytelling, you know, simply from like a world building perspective. Mm-hmm. A lot of the elements in this world do feel familiar in terms of kind of things we might have seen before. You know, we've got fantasy stuff with a whole lot of steampunk stuff as well. And I personally love spending time in those types of worlds, but I don't think I've ever been given such a, like a blissful time to inhabit them. Like nothing like this. I think Arcane is truly different in that way. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about the visuals. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly, this show (laughs) is beautiful and I cannot emphasize that enough. My mouth was agape during every action sequence. The direction is a love language, a love letter to the skill, the brutality and art of how these people battle one another. It might be your love language based on how much you're gushing (laughs) <laughs> like, uh, yeah, well, I think so. Like, I'm not a huge fan of action sequences. Mm. I generally, you know, tune them out. So, you know, blam, blam, blam. I'm like, yeah, right, this person hits this person. I get it. Um, let's move on to the character stuff, which I like. But in this story, the action speaks so eloquent, eloquently, unlike me, and succinctly of the characters, their motivations, and their worldview. Um, not a single shot is wasted in Arcane, and I really appreciate that. The animation is breathtaking beyond the action as well. I would happily have a still of any location hanging on my wall. The animation style also allows for a depth of emoting from the characters that is beyond. These characters feel real and the performances are elevated by the animation as the animation is elevated by performance. Everything in this show is working in sync to create a brilliant story. All right, so let's talk about character now. My favourite. It's always the most important part of any story for me. And this show very easily could have become overwhelmed by big plot points. And there are plenty of those. But I, they think they're always character focused. When something big happens, it is because of an action by a character that has far-reaching emotional implications for those involved, which is important. It's the emotionality around all of those actions. The actions taken have very real consequences and are always motivated by choices that feel true. This show has a big heart. It's a bleeding and dire heart a lot of the time, and I don't think I can understate just how dramatic this show can be. (laughs) But, you know, here we are, caught in between these two diametrically opposed worlds, and you're brought into why everything is happening and why it's of great importance. 
yes, this show is very dramatic, but because the world building is so good, you feel like you're really in the world. You just kind of, well, I personally accepted that this is kind of how things are here. Um, You're not left behind thinking, okay, like, calm down, bro. Uh, You're thinking, oh, my God, am I going to cry at this absurd world (laughs) I've created? And the answer is yes, I am going to cry. Uh, And I'm going to laugh and I'm going to sit on the edge of my seat, all that lovely stuff. Watching Arcane has been the most exciting television experience I've had all year. I've never watched anything like it. You know, it's something so fully realized, so clear on what it wants to be and so willing to take big swings that no one else is taking or could even think to take. I want to rewatch this show and since writing this review, I since have. Um, and I'm going to rewatch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. I cannot express how much I want everyone to at least give Arcane a shot. It's really something special. Very, very nice. <laughs> how was it the second time around? Because I, I haven't got a chance to watch it the second time. I've, I've gone back and watched bits and pieces. Yeah, even better. Time. Okay. Even better. Yeah, because like, I was so new to it. I was like, wait, what's happening? Oh, whoa, whoa. And then going yeah. back, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's even better. Yeah. Okay. This is easily the hardest review I've had to write for a while because I can't remember feeling quite this is at odds with so many people who are so, so <laughs> head over heels with something. Worst of all, I'm not sure how well I truly understand why I feel the way I feel, or should I say I don't feel the way everyone else does. It's literally been playing on my mind all week, and I'm kind mm. of dreading talking about it. <laughs> Contrary- this might break our friendship. <laughs> yeah, it might. It's not that, it's not that bad. Okay. Contrary to the impression that people might have of me, I actually don't particularly like being that guy. I certainly don't intend to rain on everyone's parade, especially yours, Damask. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I'm I really, sensing I... a pattern here. I'm <laughs> sensing a pattern. <laughs> I'll say it right now. This is not even close to being a bad show or anything like that. I'm not, gonna, I'm not arguing that. I'm not even suggesting that for a second. But I have to be honest that I'm in a very different place with Arcane than seemingly everybody else with is, which is a weird place for me to be. I mm. feel like usually I'm at least... I can find some people who understand how I'm feeling about something. Um, a good example of that would have been um, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which mm. you seem to really like, and the general reception was really positive, and I, I, I was looking for someone else to feel the, feel the way I did, and I finally found a couple of people who seemed to understand what I was feeling about that show. I was like, okay, good, I'm not going mm. crazy. However, that's not been the case with this show. <laughs> Mostly, I've just been wondering what it is that I'm missing when everyone else seems so completely head over heels about this show because for whatever reason, Arcane was never able to fully cast its spell on me. Let's start where, with how the show is obviously where it excels. Okay. There is so much to love about how Arcane looks. 99% of the time, this show is mesmerizing to watch. There are a few thorns here and there with some weird lip syncing issues where facial animations and vocal performances did match up. And one character's face, especially early on, that came a little too close to Uncanny Valley Valley for my liking, but certainly not enough to ruin what is overall an incredible looking show. It's riffing on this painterly textures cross a mild cell shading look that you might find in a Telltale game or in the Borderlands series. Arcane is like no animated TV show I've seen before as though your favourite concept art book has come to life. The hand-drawn aesthetic elevates the impeccable production design of this rich, detailed, steampunk meets high fantasy world with its golden towers, murky underbelly, and all the weapons, armour, costumes, and whatnot in between. 
This is then enhanced again. This is very much what you were saying, Damask. Again, by bold yet natural animation and choreography that had me wondering if the show was hand-drawn or 3D animated. Was it keyframed or motion-captured? which was then only strengthened further by impeccable framing, direction, and editing, not to mention strong voice, voice performances from top to bottom, especially when focused on action, on which there is a heap. This is a super slick and very, very cool production. There's nothing short of a feast for the eyes and mostly ears. They'll talk about the music uh, maybe in uh, <laughs> side notes. The closest comparison for visual flair, tight direction, and action choreography that I can find is the super high budget pre-rendered trailers and cutscenes that have become a high, a huge, sorry, a huge part of video game marketing. Which tracks when you realize that for for Tish, uh, the animation company behind Arcane, has been making trailers and music videos for League of Legends since at least 2014. The other area Arcane excels in is its rich and detailed fantasy world, of which it feels like Season 1 is only scratching the surface. This is almost certainly true, as League of Legends has been building on the lore of its world for over a decade. There are undoubtedly dozens upon dozens of characters, places, ideas, and other details bubbling just below the surface, informing every corner of this universe. Are they particularly original ideas? Not really, but the vast majority of fantasy stories are just remixing familiar concepts of magic, war, and classism, so that's par for the course. The highest compliment I can give the world of Arcane is that I was favorably reminded of both Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX, two of my most beloved sci-fi fantasy video games, to the point where I really, really wish they actually made, instead of a TV show, a turn-based RPG so I could actually explore Piltover for myself. So with such a huge aesthetic and conceptual appeal, why is it that I'm not as in love with Arcane as the rest of the world? Simply put, for whatever reason, and one I'm still trying to figure out, I just couldn't, it couldn't get me to care. I didn't really connect with any of the characters. I felt very distant from them, just about, sorry, just about all of them, with the exception of maybe two, perhaps three, one of which was ejected from the story after three episodes, and another that I kind of started to invest in at the very end of the season as their backstory sort of came into the fore. But that was about it. There was an awful lot of story here, all of which is extremely dramatic and I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that's Mm -hmm. part of it too arguably melodramatic yes yes it is but no matter the quality of the animation or the vocal performances I just kept bouncing off these characters and their plight it's it's really hard to pin down what this reason is I've tried to fight this thing in me that's not letting me enjoy (laughs) it and just like let myself fall into the show but it just would never last the inner turmoil is it it really really is It should like it should work right. Yeah, it, it's working on so many other levels. I want to love this show. On paper, mm. the characters and their story seem compelling, but it just wasn't for me. And my current guess is that the storytelling is just missing some spark of humanity that tricks my brain, my gut, and my heart into giving a shit about these people. Oh, either that, or this podcast has finally out of just, your mouth. Either that, or this podcast has just finally broken my brain, which is quite a possibility. <laughs> I don't want to boil it down to just one thing, but an effort to avoid spoilers. The best example I can give to this section of the podcast is that the relative lack is the relative lack of wit and humor. And obviously, this show is not a comedy. It doesn't want to be, mm. and there's nothing wrong with that. But I can't think of a single piece of fiction that I love no matter how serious or bleak the story, that doesn't have at least some occasional traces of humour that help to ground the characters and charm my cynical mind. The relentlessly serious and dramatic tone was, in my experience, only really punctured by moments of intense action or visual Mm. wonder. Incredible, world-class action and spectacle, no doubt. But when the frequency 
of the story is sort of set at a high level constantly and it doesn't dip or allow for a breath, that intensity starts to wear you down and my brain looked to escape by disconnecting. When I put these rough cut pieces together, trying to figure out what my problem with the show is, I start to wonder if I'm detecting, what I'm detecting is the capitalistic motivations for why the show exists at all and that maybe it's all just a very, very long cutscene slash trailer. A lot has been said about Arcane and that Arcane might be the first truly great video game adaptation. And while its visual and stylistic quality is undeniably higher than just about anything that's come before it, I'm not convinced I can agree that it's a great adaptation if it's primarily, and this is just my interpretation, obviously yours is different, an ad designed to sell the League of Legends game. Its objective, I think... Number one objective was to be appealing and cool. And it is very cool. There is no denying that. Every shot, every camera move, every environment, character and weapon design is super slick and mega cool. And it catches my attention. But this was all designed first and foremost for a video game where you can literally purchase these characters with real actual money and then buy outfits for those characters also with real money. My worry, not thesis, not conclusion, but my worry is that Arcane League of Legends is a machine built not with a passion to tell a great story with compelling characters, but to find a new audience for its existing IP. It's a sleek, appealing machine, absolutely. But like all machines, when you look under the hood, I find it's lacking a soul. Oh, my. So, uh, hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Back yep. up. This is going to make for good good spoiler talk because there's a lot we can't talk about. Yeah. I think, like, I have no doubt that um, a lot of the the reason for funding this project was absolutely to sell the yep. game, though I have no intention of playing the game um, <laughs> at all. However, I think combining that with saying that the people who made the story don't aren't totally in love with the world and committed to telling like these really I I think wonderful heart-wrenching stories of the characters. I just don't agree that those two things what um, what I sort of true. see is getting from A to B to get to the part where the characters become the characters that are are in the video game. And I didn't know this before watching the show either. Mm. But going because afterwards I'm like, oh I wonder how many characters in the show are champions from League of Legends. Mm. And Anyone who has a fight in this show basically is a champion in League of Legends, right? Yeah. And so the story is an origin story of how they get to that point. And again, yeah. I'm not saying necessarily the writers don't love or or aren't that that they don't love the story. What I think is the show it buries that under the slick facade first. Like I wish it would be a little less slick. And allow itself to be a little more dorky or a little bit more human in its storytelling from min- from second to second even. Hard disagree. To, I think to it's let incredibly in. human. I think it's yeah. got a huge heart. Um, yeah, I was shocked when you were talking about... Um, I understand the humour thing and that's... I don't, no, and I don't, that was just an example. Yeah, I don't begrudge you that. That's Yeah, yeah. that's that's fair. Um, I don't disagree with you at all about that. But I was very much compelled by these characters. One in particular, um, I thought the performance and the story itself was really good and I was fully invested and I felt for this character. Um, yeah, no, I was, yeah, I was fully invested. So that's fair. That's, that's fine. But I, I don't agree. Yeah. And I want to point out that I am 
in, I think, <laughs> such a minority that I'm the only person I know that feels this way. <laughs> so, well, listener of the show... How does it feel to be a minority for once? <laughs> <laughs> so, listener of the show, please take everything that I'm feeling with a pinch of salt. Gigantic one. Now, get him. Cyber bully, cyber bully. <laughs> I mean, do. Go ahead. I, <laughs> no, I'm, no, please I'm don't. due for that. Um, but, yeah, I know that I am far and away not representative of how just about everybody else feels. And that's part of why I'm... like. When I was trying to figure out my score, I had a score that I was like, okay, this this seems right. And then as I started writing and like trying to justify that score, I had to pull it back another another half point. I was like, I can't, I, I just don't feel that way. And okay. it's, and sometimes reviews are a very subjective thing. You can't always yeah, objectively totally. explain why you feel a way. Mm-hmm. about something a certain way. Welcome to my life, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me for every review. I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't like it. Stop yeah, talking to me. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with this. It's like, I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I am where I'm at. Speaking of, what is your score out of five stars to mask? Gee, I wonder. It's five. <laughs> I think it's a masterpiece. It's masterful. Yeah. I wanted, I was I was thinking, okay, how am I, how am I going to come to this and broach this? And I was going to give it a four, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up on a 3.5. Because obviously at times it is nothing if not excellent, even masterful in especially its production design mm. and all those elements. But it because I, I wasn't caring, I can't I can't give it that excellent. It wasn't excellent all the time for me. I was I was bouncing off it. But this is a great opportunity to get more questions from listener GJ Corbin. Uh Yay. they also asked, uh, do you think Arcane's connection to game law in any way helps or hurts the show in present or in the future. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think I think what they're saying is um, because this show is steeped in existing law, mm. right? Um, is that getting is that helping it in its where it's at, at the moment in terms of the way it tells this story? And I would argue yes, because mm. this was such a fully realized world already and the people that made this game and this world are behind it. It comes in when you say it comes in feeling fully formed, I think mm-hmm. that's one of its greatest strengths. Is they've been playing with this visual aesthetic in these characters for the longest time and like mm-hmm. the idea of hex tech and all that sort of stuff. Like they can just go, we've we've been doing concept art for this. Let's just Put mm. that directly into the show. People are going to love that. For the future, this is where I start to worry. I think this goes one of two ways. It could do what Game of Thrones was successful at doing and as it expands itself further and adds new characters, it adds layers of complexity and more compelling people. Mm-hmm. My biggest concern, the cynical part of my brain, is that as they add more and more and more characters from the game and more champions and stuff like that, that it will dilute the story more and more because they want to fit in more and more. Now, there's no real evidence that yeah, that is going I to happen at this stage because they are have... very restrained at this point at keeping it as focused as they are. Yeah. But they start to hint at the larger world mm. and there are, I think, a couple of hundred characters that you can play as in this game. And so yeah, it's going to be I don't tempting. have that worry. I see it kind of like when I was watching it and there's, <clears throat> so much there and there's like fuck like this character there's so much here with this character that is just like so kind of off the wall and like out of the box but using like in the box elements and all that mm-hmm. stuff um it reminded me of you know adapting you know this huge world like a comic 
world, <clears throat> a comic book world, where yeah. there's so much stuff that I am not aware of and they're bringing these elements together for me to consume for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, I think it helps in the way that, like, you know, the Mar- the MCU has so much to work with yeah. um, that already exists that I'm, I'm not worried about how they're going to uh, bring more of those elements in because I was so satisfied with how I met these, you know, these first few characters. I don't, I agree with that. Uh, GJ also asked, do we have any interest in the game after having watched the show? You've None said whatsoever. No. None. I, I Because this don't. looks so beautiful. Yeah. And the game looks hideous. <laughs> <laughs> it's a 10-year-old game. Yeah. Um, I don't have any interest in playing League of Legends because I, I, MOBAs have never really... Yet the brief opportunities I've had with them, again, like this show, apparently, I bounced mm. off it. However, I do know that kind of similar to what Blizzard has done... Again, fucking Blizzard at the moment. But the what they've done with like World of Warcraft and things like um, their card game, which uh, I can't remember the name of it all of a sudden, they were able to expand their lore and their world into different genres of video games. And like, mm. this has been a big week, I think, for Riot because they there's a couple of other, there's a he- there's a Hextech something game of some sort I haven't looked into properly, but there's this Project L, which is a fighting game that uses the same characters. Like mm. in the, it's in development, it's a couple of years away probably, but like they're in the... Uh, a couple of the char- prominent characters from the show were featured in the bit of the fighting game that they showed, mm. and so I'm not much of a fighting game person either. But no, I, I can like them. I can see myself finding a genre of game if they were willing to do it that I would be interested in because I do think the world is compelling enough they could do it. I stand by. I wish this is a JR- JP JRPG or a turn-based RPG of some sort because mm. I think I would fucking eat that shit up. But I'm a single-player gamer first, and they want to play mo- make multiplayer games generally. Yeah. So if they ever got around to making a story-based single-player game like an RPG or an action RPG even, then I would be interested in playing, but not League of Legends. Yeah, no, I agree that I feel the same. Like, I'd love to be able to walk around that world, absolutely. Mm. Um, but I'd want to feel like I was in that world, like the show made me feel, and the games on offer at the moment just wouldn't do that at all. And I don't yeah. like fighting games at all. Yeah. Arcane reportedly cost $90 million to produce uh, for its first season alone, roughly $9 million per episode. Worth it. Do you think the Game of Thrones level budget that is required to make the show will inhibit other studios from following Riot's lead? Not if it's incredibly successful. <laughs> Nothing will stop it. Yep. If anything, what's going to happen is people are going to look at the success of Arcane and go, well, why the fuck haven't we done that? And again, I hate to bring Blizzard up, because they're a shit I don't shit even fight. understand this. What's happening uh, with Blizzard? The Blizzard is under huge controversy, allegations of of like systemic abuse and oh, okay. um, all sorts of stuff throughout. That classic tale. Bobby Kotick, yep. who, or whatever his name is, who's the head of Blizzard, needs to fucking go. And the fact that the mm. board is standing by him at the moment is disgusting. They've like there's been leaked emails of him literally threatening threatening a um an assistant that they would kill them or would have someone kill them and stuff like this. And oh the fact God. that he still has a job or they Insane. or they think that this guy can be the guy that can lead to the cultural change inside the company is r- atrocious. Yeah. And oh, my gosh. It, it's it's money-grubbing rubbish. Yeah. However, like a lot of people, people really like Blizzard stuff. World of mm. Warcraft, Starcraft. In my, for me, Overwatch was that. I yeah. really, really fell in love with the world of Overwatch and... They did a lot, of, sort of similar to what League of Legends did, where they were releasing these, um, these like 
big story by almost like short films animated films for their characters to help you mm. because there's no story inside the game it's a lore that you might pick up as you walk through a yeah. uh, but a, i knew people arena. were really attached to their character well the character yeah you could be or, yeah. or several characters the character design of that mm. world is fantastic the design of the world in general is fantastic it is comparable to what um league of legends is doing mm. and these these trailers they release, you know, every four, five, six months, beautifully 3D animated, really well voice acted, action-packed, tight little, often emotional short films were wonderful and a great way to advertise the game, keep people emotionally invested. This is what, the fact that there should be an Overwatch TV show, <laughs> there mm. should be, and Blizzard should have got there first. Right now, I couldn't give a shit about that. And I've gone from looking forward to Overwatch 2 to... um not interested in playing it ever again, probably. But a company that can, there are other companies that could do that for sure. Yeah. You do that with Final Fantasy, maybe mm-hmm. inside their Final Fantasy I'd, yeah. 14 world or whatever their on, current online one is or something like that. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I love a Final Fantasy world because I watched that, the movie or whatever ca- that came out a billion years ago Spirit Within, the, like which the first CGI animated one. Which I one. didn't like at all. Oh, so it's awful. <laughs> and everyone I know that plays games loves Final Fantasy, but I don't know anything about it because, yeah. Well, I just don't want to play the games. Though, Halo, this, I think it was 20th anniversary of Halo this last week, and they finally showed the first like little teaser for the Halo live action series. It's starring Pedro. No. Uh, the guy that. Far out. What's his name now? Uh, he played the the leprechaun in um, American Gods. Anyway, anyway, that guy. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, the guy from played- Orange Is the New Black. Yes, the guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's his name? Pornstash. Pornstash. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Pablo something. I can't remember his name. All of a sudden. Anyway, he's playing Master Chief, and they've tried to do live action Halo a bunch of times. Mm. I don't think there's any guarantee there's going to be any good. Right. But they're going to keep trying. We've got an Uncharted game, an Uncharted movie coming out next That's year with right. Tom Holland as Nathan yeah. Drake. This is only going to spur on the cause. But I think doing it, especially because they proved... Well, let's go to the next question from GJ, actually. Okay. Do you feel like the success Arcane has seen, both critically and with general audiences, has a chance to vitalize Western animation beyond kid shows and adult sitcoms? And that's the point I was going to make. This is how they should do it. Do mm-hmm. it animated. Because, yes, it's expensive, but, mm-hmm. boy, is it the best way to maybe bring, you know, video games are a form of animation, I you know, one that you can control, but it's animated, mm. bring those worlds to life in a way that doesn't feel like they've had to cut corners or um, they have to sort of like ground it, the world more than what you want out of it. Like maybe this is the way to do it. And yeah, I could see this happening. Again, Overwatch was the, was the easy example, but I'm sure there are other properties out there that people love that could do this. Yeah, I think, you know, the how far... Um, Avatar has come in terms of the way that people think of it. Avatar: um, The Last Airbender, you mean? Yeah, not the, yeah. <laughs> not the, the James, James Cameron, Cameron's one. property. Yeah, um, really proves that there is a market for adults beyond those who like are already fully into anime, which I am not. Yeah, um, there is a group of adults who are fully, you know, wanting big scale, like large world animated series um, that tell a great story. I think like there are, there are people who 
it's kind of like the assumption that, you know, executives make that people can't watch films or TV shows with subtitles. It's the same mm. feeling around animated shows that aren't, yes, sitcoms um, for adults. Like there are people that want that and who may not even know that they will like it. But if you give them the opportunity to check it out and something that's really good, you know, I, th- I think there's a huge market for it. I think that demographically things are just changing. You're getting to that point now where maybe 10 or 15 years ago you couldn't have made this show and expected audience, like adult audiences to watch it. But as we hit our- Our generation is still children. 30s and 40s, <laughs> that's what I mean. Exactly right. Yeah, we are so uh, still Nerd connected to, mm-hmm. our, to animation and we've, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about shows like Avatar, Last Airbender and Korra where, and, or anime where, or let's, let, let's say- from a Western perspective, Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Korra, where, you know, it's a show that's made for kids, but it's it's still good for adults. Mm-hmm. The next logical step is what Arcane is doing. And what I love about Arcane is that it might be the first, and GJ's right, like most adult animated shows end up being comedies. Mm-hmm. And they're not action or story or spectacle orientated, whereas anime can be. Yeah. They're often very, very dramatic stories too, don't get me wrong. But they yeah, but but anytime someone's I think tried to do that in what they they just try and ape of what anime is doing. This feels very Western to me, mm-hmm. which is what I do love about it. Like it might be the first great Western animated adult TV show that's not a comedy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um and so it seems to have broken that wall down with huge success. So, yeah, I think there's a very, very strong chance this will lead to more stuff just like this. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Now, before we dive into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars and maybe a couple of nice words our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. I guarantee you that won't be as controversial, although maybe it will be. Yeah, who knows? It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, We would also love you to share hunting seasons with friends and family who you think might also enjoy listening. Next week, we'll be back with our review of Netflix's live action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop Season 1. 
Uh, that's like going to be controversial, I yeah, think. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> one. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of Cowboy Bebop, or if you have any thoughts on Arcane, of which I, there's a good chance everyone has a lot, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at huntingscast, just like GJ did. And we went through all of GJ's questions and they were wonderful. Thank you, GJ, for that. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Arcane League of Legends Season 1. You're now entering the Spoiler Zone. Spoiler warning! From here on, we'll be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 of Arcane League of Legends. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of Arcane up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead. You You have been warned. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. I'm surprised by how few notes I took about this show. And that's and that, I think that was that was telling of my general lack of investment that I didn't mm. go like, oh, this moment or all that moment or all this element that really compelled me or I, I frankly didn't come anywhere near close to being emotional throughout the entire run pretty much mm. of the show. Um, right, I've got a very important question. Uh, here we go. Yep. Are you dead inside? <laughs> <laughs> it's, listen, I'm not ruling it out. That's that's what I'm saying. It's, no, I was thinking I, when you were like chatting about how you didn't connect with it and like you need comedy and all that stuff. I was like, oh, I think I, I think I get it. I think I, oh, Broad wasn't an emo, <laughs> <laughs> and of. I, I very much was a very dramatic emo. Um, teenager, and I was like, "This is really speaking to me." That's a very interesting thought. I wasn't really an emo. I definitely did mm. like. I I think I made fun of emos through yeah. high school. Like I remember, like like costume playing as an emo. I I did. I darkened my hair at one stage, and I still had hair. Um, and it was that long, like you know, early two thousands, like yeah. mop look, I guess. But like the idea of the eyeliner and the mm. the black and white and red aesthetic did not yep. appeal to me, and nor was I into the, that sort of music. Yeah, the closest I got was Panic at the Disco. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I wasn't a cool emo. I was like, I was like a pop emo. But I still, <laughs> I love the aesthetic. I had my fringe was out of control, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also I was just a very dramatic, overly emotional teenager, huh. and. This show really speaks to that. That's a very interesting point. And you might have got to the uh, the root of something here. Yeah. yeah that's actually You're just a really well-balanced individual. <laughs> that's my problem. I'm yeah. too well-balanced. That's it. That's it. Uh, I, I You take it away. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a lot to say and I don't intend to, mm. to talk too much about this. I don't, I don't have a heap. I would like you to take over from here. Okay, sure. Um, I think... So when I started watching this show, I was like, I really love the world. I love the design. Um, So from that point, I was like, okay, I'm willing to watch this show, even though it's um, not something that I'd even seen previewed before it was just on Netflix. Mm. Um, I was like, I'll keep watching this. Uh, It was the moment for me that made me go, oh, I didn't actually know what this show was doing um, until obviously the end of, you know, act one, we'll call it, which is episode three, when a lot of our main characters die. Um, and I know this show didn't make you emotional, but the moment where Vanda 
dies. Mm. Um, he was that character I was talking about that got ejected at the end of the yeah. third episode. Was like he was a great I, character. Well, he it was he, he he was designed to be yes likable. He was if I was to let's spoil some Game of Thrones for a second. If if Act One. It was your Ned was maybe Stark. season one, he was your Ned Stark. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, and totally. I've had the same thought. I was like, oh, yeah. well played show. Because <laughs> yeah. that'll get me. That'll get me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was absolutely our Ned Stark. Um, and then obviously that confrontation between Powder and mm-hmm. Vi was... Mm-hmm. Dev- it was devastating to me. I was like, I finished that episode and I just like needed a moment or seven. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really hooked me in. And it was at that point that I decided telling everyone to watch this show. I'm like, this is actually, this show is actually doing something and taking big swings. And, you know, if you, I told a lot of our, like, you know, D&D friends and stuff. I was like, I mm-hmm. think you'll really enjoy the world. Um, and I told them, like, at least watch the first three episodes. And if you don't like it by the end of, you know, episode three, then fair enough. Like, it's not going to get you. Um but it really got me at that stage. So, how did you feel after Act One? Um, I did like the ending, but I didn't have a lot of emotional. Didn't have a huge emotional reaction to the stuff with Powder and Vi at the end there, mm. because I had a hard time giving a shit about Powder. I th- oh, Powder's a dick. Yeah, two totally. reasons. Two mm. reasons. One, I didn't like looking at her when I talked about that uncanny valley. There's something about the way she looked that I honestly found unsettling it was she was the one character where she was too close to human but she had the over big eyes and stuff like that mm. i kept thinking of angela anaconda and <laughs> and it, I fucking and it hated that it, show. yeah and it was breaking my brain and i didn't yeah. like looking at her and and there wasn't a lot to like about it like, i didn't sympathize with her as much and like i know i, I think i should right like she's yeah, she's, she's, on- she's kind of pathetic and and yeah but but that that's the problem it's like you can sympathize with her plight on paper, but I don't. I didn't sell it to me that I should care about her. Beyond that, she was irritating and annoying. And yet, at the yeah. same time, like when Milo and the other guy whose name I don't remember dies, I didn't care about them either because I didn't like them either. I didn't connect with them. I didn't. Milo in particular was a dick most of the time, and mm-hmm. like, like I didn't. And so the thing is, as well, I I've seen this before in video games. Do this right. Mm. This is a great act one of like Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy IX, the two shows, like the two games I read. And then, yeah. you know, you start with a certain crew mm. and then a big event happens and a few of them get killed off. And they were never major players, but it feels like you've lost something and then you move on to the, the rest of the story. Mm. However, yeah. both mm. those times, particularly Seven, which is one of my favourite stories and it's like it's a similar sort of world it's that story of like the underclass trying to rise up Mm -hmm. literally they live below the people who are above and all of that stuff i cared so much more Mm. when i got to that stage that when i got here i i recognized the trope and i realized it didn't work on me this time for some reason yeah fair enough um well yeah like i said i have never played those games um so yeah probably coming from a different place and i don't disagree with you about like not caring about like the, the two brothers, um, mm. their brothers, um, mm. except for that ep- the episode three. And there was particularly with Milo, um, there were there were two moments that kind of made me connect with him a bit more. The first being um, when Vi comes back to them and tells them that Van has been taken. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the animation on Vi's face when she sees powder, firstly, is amazing, but that's not the point I'm, I'm making. So, and she's, you know, talking about Vanda being taken. And Milo says, like, you know, we're going with you. He's our dad too. And that made me go, oh, okay. The, it's not Vi and Powder and Vanda and then these two other kids. Like, they are a family. I was like, okay, cool. Now I understand the family dynamic a bit more. But that's interesting. It happens. That gets to that point right before you need to care. And I didn't feel that. I, I felt the connection with Vanda and Vi mm, a lot. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I didn't feel that with Milo and, again, the other kid whose name I can't remember, Glasses Kid. Yeah. Um. I didn't feel that. And so we can mm. say it. Yeah. And I think this show does a lot of saying and not always like mm. there are definitely moments, especially when the animation comes to life. When, yeah, we're talking about like you can see it in Vice mm. Face and Haley Steinfeld's performance and stuff like that. 100%. Mm. But sometimes it says things and didn't do a good enough job of illustrating it partly because, and this is where my thesis of the show was too cool sometimes to let it be, to let, the general humanity flow through at all times. I wish there was a, a moment where Milo connected with Vander before that, yeah. before having to say he's our that's, dad too. Yeah, that's that's totally valid. Mm. And I think like that the next moment um, comes later and this is like just before they're about to die, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I I didn't see it coming. Um, I didn't and, see that coming. Yeah, and the that moment is when they are at the kind of derelict cannery and – Vi is like fighting everyone off and Milo is <clears throat> trying to like pick the lock to free Vander and he's like freaking out and he's like stressing out, which we saw earlier in the first episode when he's trying to get into the, the balcony and Vander just like says his name very kind of, yeah, paternally um, and lovingly and just kind of tells him, he's like, you can do this. And you mm-hmm. see on Milo's face, like he takes a breath and like, Vander is important and he can do this and he, he's going to free his dad. And that, that moment just really hit with me. I think I think that hit that worked for me more for my my liking Vander than necessarily my feelings about Milo and Vander, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It, yeah, it was about their connection to me. It really kind of solidified sure. that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, interesting. And so, yeah, I got to the end of that and I was... Because I, I thought... So, here's another example of where I thought the show was just being a bit messy or weird... Because <laughs> um, I, I believe I believe in in the structure of episodes as well, mm-hmm. like right. And episode two was a low point for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get to this point where Vi goes to I can't remember the character's name again, but she goes to like that she's going to hand herself in, basically, mm-hmm. and Vander puts himself up first. But yeah. what happens is at the end of episode two, Vi's in this shop, mm. and then someone's there, yeah, and then. We cut to black, that's credits, right? When you start episode three, Mm -hmm. that episode ends with that awesome Enforcer woman dying, who was a fantastic character, I must say. She was a Mm. brilliant vocal performance as well. I loved her. And then Vanda being taken off and Vi is distraught. And I was like, well, that should have been the end of episode two. Why are we doing this now? That Mm. should have been the end of episode two. That's the emotional climax of that last episode. Then we should start episode three with them figuring out how they're going to get, say, Vanda. I was like, that 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 was weird. Why why did we why did you choose to put that there? It's like it was it it, it was it didn't have the building blocks right for me. I was very confused by that. I did. I had that thought on not the first time round because mm. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I had did have that thought on the rewatch. I was like, oh, because that like that shot of her like 
when she's up against breaking the wall, down. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's really good. Yeah, and it you it it doesn't have that room to breathe because the episodes keep going. If it mm. was before the credits, that's gonna hit real hard. Cut to black when Ned Stark dies. You cut to black. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they, that wasn't what was happening in that moment. But like, yeah. that's the example of how you use those. You you build up to that crescendo. You don't have the crescendo at the start of the next episode and then keep going. And it's like. It was things like that that just kept, like, this is why I say I was bouncing off the show with, like, I don't think you quite know exactly what you're doing here. Um, and think, yeah, it's really, really hard to explain because yeah. it sounds super nitpicky. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying. I think, yeah, I kind of smashed through every act <laughs> like a movie, right? Sure. So and like, they do work like that. Yeah, no so, like, yeah. I guess I was watching it from that perspective. So, yeah, it didn't really bother me or... Um, it didn't lose impact mm-hmm, for me, mm-hmm. but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, in terms of episode structure, then going into second act, mm. I did start to care. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the I think episode five, once we've got Vi and Caitlin together, Hey-o! I started to give a <laughs> shit. Yep, <laughs> and I started- they didn't. I was already giving a shit, long. but at that point, I was like, oh, well, now I'm horny. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, it didn't last, but the... I also think Vi gets really short-shrifted in Act 2. Mm-hmm. She's in a cell for the entirety of Episode 1, basically. Episode yep. 2, there's a, good, there's a good amount of stuff with her and Caitlin, and then she gets mm-hmm. injured and gets incapacitated until the end of the episode, basically. Mm. It's just like, oh, I don't feel like... Vi was sort of like pushed on the side here. And maybe this is part of it too. I did wonder whether my expectations were getting in the way because I think I thought, A, I didn't think this show was guaranteed to have a second season. I thought maybe it would Mm. feel like a complete, a relatively complete story by the time we get to the end of the season. Mm -hmm. When I should have been maybe thinking of it more as a Game of Thrones. And to be fair, Game of Thrones was a show that I didn't love by the end of season one. It wasn't until season two or season three when I was sort Mm. of on board with what the show was doing that I really started to love it. But Mm -hmm. But I guess I thought that Vi and was our main drive. Because I can tell you what I don't give a shit about is Jace. I have <laughs> no interest in his storyline. I and really cared about chunk. him when I thought, you know, in Act 1. I was like, fuck yeah, Jason Victor got a fuck. Yeah. And yeah. then as soon as he be like became a heterosexual, I was like, oh, okay, well, my interest <laughs> is lessened quite severely. But I did not find his storyline compelling. Yeah. I found him to be possibly the most mechanical part of the show in terms of getting from... Point A to point B. He is the... Him and, and Victor is better because Victor mm. has a sense of stakes. Whereas I don't... Yeah. Jace... Jace just keeps getting... Like, failing upwards. <laughs> failing upwards. <laughs> yeah. In the story. And maybe that's the point. Yeah. I don't but I do think the show... I do think the show wants us to care about Jace. Yeah. Can I talk about a moment that befuddles me and probably sure. the low point for the show? But only because you use the word befuddle. Befuddle. Yeah. Okay. Where I started to really, really go, I don't think I like this show very much, is when we got to the point, I think it's episode eight, when mm-hmm. Vi and Caitlin go to the council mm-hmm. and they're talking about what they're going to do to take down Silco. And mm-hmm. Vi is like, we need to go in there and we need to do something about it. And Jace is saying the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, what really confuses me is Vi's relationship to Enforcers in general, especially Enforcers going into the Undercity. Mm. This show starts beautifully with the flashback, well, not the flashback, because it's the first thing we see, with how their parents died 
fighting for the freedom from the enforcers mm. on that bridge and them seeing that. That, in, that informs everything about those characters. Yeah. So when do we get to a point where Vi is like, we need to go in there and start wrecking shit right here, right now, and doing it with enforcers? Where is the conflict in that? I did not sense that Vi was struggling with that decision. Like, it was a big decision at all. Mm. And when they then leave and Caitlin is like, okay, okay, that didn't go well, but let's do do this together. And then Vi says, no, this isn't going to work. You and I can't work. We're oil and water, which is forced to separate them. I'm going to go back to, I don't know where I'm going to go. I guess I'll go back to the Undercity where you want me to be. Mm -hmm. And the next scene we see is Vi walking into Jace's office and saying, you and I, let's go wreck some shit does not make emotional or logical sense to me whatsoever. As in, she doesn't know this character. She just said she's going to go back to the Undercity. She Mm -hmm. just rebuffed Caitlyn's idea of doing something else. Caitlyn, who I think she likes and trusts at this point, Mm. and goes to Jace to do it. And then to follow up with a very cool action scene, I might add, but one where... Did we get any sense that Jace was was a fighter before this? We got that one scene where he's like, like lifting heavy metal, like he's like. Getting yeah, I think he's out. insane body. <laughs> insane body. It's insane. Insane mm. body, but he is not up to this point that I can remember, unless mm. I'm forgetting something or zoned out. Any indication that he knows how to, he has a fighting ability. So when he's using that goddamn gigantic hammer and taking out those mm. shimmered up monsters, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I don't believe this for a second because we've got no beliefs. In- like, Vi makes sense, right? She's been living on the streets her entire life. That's her whole identity is like that she is a bruiser. So, her, she makes perfect sense. But Jace, it doesn't. And then... so well, his only- family made hammers, bro, so... They made hammers, sure. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like, that's where the show is like then trying to sell because Jace is a champion in, in League of Legends. They wanted to get the scene where Jace swings that fucking hammer around. And so, that's what they got to. And then they have the bit where he kills the kid and Vi is saying, well, that's just the price of doing this. This kid, who is one of the her undercity people, is dead because she brought in forces there, and her thing is like, just get used to it. I'm like, that does not make any sense, Vi. I do not know who you are, and I don't care about you. When that's the, you don't react to this with any emotional resonance that, from what I understand, your character to be your yeah, struggle. I think, well, that's in, where I really in struggle that to moment show. specifically because you've you've brought up a lot there but in that moment specifically yeah I was like oh my god like Vi has lost it and I understand that like powder is her weakness and so she's a little mm. blind to things at that point and when she told Jay she's like well that's just like shit that happens that kid made that choice to work with Silco and I was like what the fuck yeah and then Jace leaves and we do actually see Vi she is standing over the kid's body and her shoulders start to shake. So I don't. So I think in that moment, we, she does have um, a, an emotional reaction to it and there is guilt there, but she just needs to free powder. It's, it's just, uh, and I, I guess that's the thing too, when I didn't care enough about powder, therefore I didn't care enough about jinx. Therefore, when that's motivating Vi to make decisions like this that should rock her to her core not just a moment of recognition but like this is the opposite of everything we've known Vi to be and be fighting for up to this point it should rock her to her core and instead she goes back to the the last drink whatever the place is called has another fantastic action scene with the lady with the robot arm Mm, and then gets knocked out by Jinx and then has the ending sequence it's like we just we built up to something that could have been really compelling and then we dropped it 
and 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 that's that's the word frustrated me. It's like it, it it felt like it was it was leaving the real emotionality, the really interesting stuff on the table. Mm. I think yeah, it I wants think- to be like politically complex, but its characters don't. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. I I really don't agree with that. I felt the weight of that moment with Vi, and I think perhaps that's because I was already attached to her. Like I had, I had that connection already. Um, yeah. And in terms of like you know not caring about Powder slash Jinx, mm. I don't really care about her either. Um, because, you know, she's a monster, right? Um, mm. And she's a dickhead. Even when she was a kid, she was, like, mm. tantruming and, yeah, she has no way to regulate her emotions and she's always been that way. Um, but my investment in that story isn't about – it's more like the tragedy of Vi um, having having lost her and coming to accept that she has lost her mm-hmm. um, and really struggling with that. That's – that's the side of the story that I care about. It's because as far as I'm concerned, like that relationship is over. It's dead. Like powder doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Um, and just kind of watching Vi kind of have to time after time learn that, yeah, she's too far gone. That That's where I hope the show, like the way that the season ends is very cool moment with Vi, sorry, with uh, Jinx firing the yeah. Hextech rocket at the council, right? <coughs> Mm-hmm. Very cool. And, yeah, I think you do get to a moment that feels like, okay, there is no coming back for Jinx now. Yeah. The Vi and Jinx or Vi and Powder relationship is done for. And so maybe we can move forward and this was – we had to get to this place mm. to move past that. Um, but, again, that's where my cynicism comes in. It's like, well, did we just get to the point where League of Legends sort of kicks in and that's what this mostly was? Like, this is going to lead to a war and there's going to be all these, you know, factions from outside who are interested as well and they're all going to bring their ridiculous weapons and anime looks and that's the rest of the show? That's I the really part- don't think so. And I, and I, you're probably right because there is enough sophisticated storytelling here to suggest that won't be the case. Mm. But then the bit where Jace is swinging a hammer around and the only reason they did that because they wanted Jace to swing a hammer around because that's what the character does in the game is the bit that makes me not so sure. That's the bit that makes me because it wasn't motive. It doesn't fit within the story that we've got. It only works because they felt like they needed to do it. They wanted to do it because it was cool, and they want to. They want you to see Jace as being a cool character that you can buy in their game, and that's the bit that worries me. That's the. Well, firstly, yeah. I don't think anyone will think Jace is cool. <laughs> fair, <laughs> I think, fair. Like hard, hard disagree. Hard disagree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. I just didn't have the same reaction. Um, I I understood. Vi's um, thinking that. So uh, what's her name? Caitlin wants to go by the book and um, Vi's like, sure, I'll give that a, a chance because I want to go to the bone zone with you. Oh, and actually in speaking about that, the one moment that did make me laugh is when Vi and Caitlin go back to Caitlin's house and their mum opens and her mum opens the door with a gun and the look on their face was yeah, I really appreciated that moment. I thought that was quite funny. Um, but, yeah, so obviously, like, she is then, like, disillusioned with, you know, diplomacy and, like, trying to get these people to help. Um, and then going to Jace. Yeah, I can see how, like, the connection isn't there. Um, they've they've like, never met each other before. They had that one interaction in, yeah. the, in that council room. Yeah. 
We've got no reason, A, that she can get there, and B, that that would be compelling. Yeah, I just I yeah. couldn't, I I couldn't guess, join like, those dots. She's the uh, He's the one person on the council that she knows mm. that Caitlin knows um, and he has power, whereas Caitlin doesn't have any power. Um, and so I guess, you know, if you're going to fight Silco, you want someone with power. Yeah, even that line, she says a line, because it's one of the bits I went back to and rewatched to try and figure out what, what, why I didn't like it and the, mm. or what maybe, maybe start to like it, figure out how I could like it. And the, the line is like, this is the one, you know, the first person that Caitlin came to when we got back to Piltover. Mm. But 10 seconds ago, she told Caitlin to piss off. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, Caitlin could have been really handy here. Bring Caitlin with you. Get Caitlin into that room too. Maybe once you're having that discussion, Caitlin goes, no, I don't agree with that. This should be above board. But mm. you can still... There was The only reason she pushed Caitlin away is so Caitlin would be free so Jinx could capture her. Like, you know what mm. I mean? Like, I could, I could feel the story just trying to make it happen, including getting Jace fighting with a hammer. Like, it just felt very mechanical at that point. I got a question um, for you. Yeah. Did you think Jinx had cut Caitlin's head off? Um, when I it's at the, at the he, dinner when um Jinx has got everyone sitting at that kind of yeah dinner party, and um she comes in and she says to Vi, she's like, oh, "I paid your girlfriend a visit." And she sets down that p- very heavy platter. Yes, 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 yes. And you were meant to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, oh, yes. So you were like, oh, she's not. She, I'm sure she hasn't actually. No, no, no. I but thought at, she might at that it. point, I was like, I yeah, I was just like holding my head, and I was just like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't, it was a really like what's and in the box moment. I kind of wish like, they did though, but I'm they sorry. won't because Caitlyn is a hero, is a champion yeah. in League of Legends, and, and also, so far, don't kill your no, guys. No, true, but no champions, as far as I can tell, anyone who is a playable character in that game mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. Anyone who suffered a mortal injury was expendable because mm-hmm. they aren't a character you can buy in that game. Um, yeah, but also, like, I, I, didn't, know <laughs> no, that, I didn't know that, but it either, didn't but affect I, the story. But would you, but do you think, okay, don't kill you guys, okay, fair enough, but. If they're teasing that idea, right, mm-hmm. that Jinx might have done that, what? how would you have felt if she had? Like, she I obviously is really hung up. I would have furious with the show. Oh, okay. I would have been fucking she, furious. Because yeah. I'm obviously building up this idea that there's this jealousy, this mm-hmm. idea that Vi has abandoned Powder for Caitlyn, yeah. which is obviously, which is ridiculous, but that's where Jinx is mentally. Yeah. She is, you know, unhinged, incap- unhinged right? Mm. And so that was very possible that she might have done that. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have felt it was based on what the show gave me. I wouldn't have felt like it was out of line with the show if it had done that. Mm-hmm. From a from a more meta level, yes, I agree with you. Don't kill you guys, all that sort of stuff. That'd mm-hmm. be awful. And also, I want yeah. I like Caitlyn. I don't want her dead. Yeah. But it certainly would have raised the stakes um, uh, in terms of what might happen to these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you feel about Silco as a villain? Um, I really liked Silco. He was the third character that I actually might have found quite compelling. Mm. Yeah, no, I I did really like him. Um, I found him interesting. Like, obviously, he is the bad guy. Um, but his not his methods, but his reasons were yeah. compelling and totally understandable. That you know, these people are not looked after by. 
the people up top and they should have like sovereignty and all that stuff. Um, that made a lot of sense to me. Um, so that was great. And then obviously at the end, he says to Jinx that, you know, he would never have given her up and stuff. And uh, that was another moment I was really emotional. Like mm. he had so much love for her. Um, yeah, I, I, I re- did really like his character. Yeah. I did too. I, I found him quite compelling. Um, and then I thought he was, it was solid from start to finish with his character. Mm-hmm. I understood his motivations. Yeah. Don't agree with his methods, obviously. I do believe that he does care for Jinx in his weird, in yeah. their weird, weird way. Mm-hmm. And that moment where he's like, it's another, it's another situation where Jinx just happens to be around to see the thing that's going to piss her off the most. But when he's like sitting underneath the Vander statue and like tossing up between handing over Jinx or mm. going to war, essentially, yeah, you know, or actually getting the independence for the Undercity, yeah, it's like I, I found that rather compelling, and that mm-hmm. we got to that place in a very organic way that made sense to me. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I like that. Other, what other characters did you connect with outside of? Obviously, Vi is the main one for you. Vi, um, Caitlin. Um, I found what's her name? Mel is that her name? I liked Mel. The, when her mum came when into her the mom picture, comes. yeah, I was like, cool. oh, that was the one I was also saying in my review. It's like when they started to include her backstory, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is actually far more interesting. She's a complex character with a really interesting like yeah. situation, and I do like want to know more because obviously she's not that woman's biological Mm-mm. child nope. um which we see in that first scene together when she asks her if she would like to be her daughter I'd, i really want to know more about that i want to know more about that culture specifically mm-hmm. it seems really cool and interesting i love um the kind of playing with the gender dy- dynamic of that yes. queen was really yes. cool. <laughs> I thought that was great yeah, stuff. Yeah. It was like, this is amazing Yeah, uh, with her little boy toy yep. um, and very comfortable with her body when she meets Jace, all that stuff. I was like, yep. this is really interesting. Yeah, um, 100% I agree. I want to know more, more about these people. Um, yeah, so I loved all of that stuff. Um, I also am fascinated to know how she kind of, you know, came to function so well on the council and be mm-hmm. so respected and be able to play the game so well. Cause obviously, you know, that is her strength, not so much physical strength. Um, mm. Yeah. So I found all of that stuff pretty interesting. I 100% agree. And it was there, it was those moments where the comparisons to game of Thrones started to ring true for me. It's like, cause that's the other thing I was thinking as well. It's like, Maybe my desire to have this feel to connect with someone and care about someone is folly because a bit like Game of Thrones, everyone's kind of a dick. And if you invest in anyone too much, they're probably just going to end up dying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But but Mel was one of the first characters where like from a political, strategical point of view, she felt intelligent enough mm-hmm. to really be playing both sides if she wanted to be. It's hard yeah. to know exactly where she fits. Mm-hmm. Um that she could swing from one side to the other at any moment. Yeah. Um, is it mostly about herself? Does she really care about Jace? And I was like, that's... I find that stuff really interesting. I'm like... agree. Because he's like, she's got another number on the council. Um, someone who, you know, has these inventions alongside Victor that, like, huge um, 
capitalist potential um, to help the city that she has adopted as her home. Um, but then we, you know, obviously they're intimate with one another. Does she actually care? I think she does. But what is what takes priority to me is interesting. Um, I don't think it'd be a personal relationship. Um, so yeah, all that stuff works. Um, do you have any favorite action sequences? Well, yeah, it involves, um, and just for the emotional aspect, uh, a character we haven't spoken about, which is Echo and Jinx really mm-hmm. worked for me. I thought that was cool. Reminded me a lot of, um, you know, Into the Spider-Verse in a lot of ways. Um, I loved, yeah, that, that bar scene with the, like, the blade arm woman. That was the, fucking sick. The second one or the... Because there was the brothel one in episode in episode five. Yeah, that's after was, they leave the brothel. I love that brothel, by the way. That the madam. Oh my god! Yeah. I was like, this is incredible. Um, that's why I would love to walk around this world of favor, make that game, um, things like that. Um, she was oh, great. and the little like the little gimp goblin. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I love that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm talking about the the second. Yep, bar gotcha. fight. I really enjoyed. I see. I really like that first one. I yeah. thought that. I mean, was the first one is so great. well. Are you f- when she like, like rips off the cape and you see uh, her arm for the first time, and just the way it like like shifts and moves and yes. like prepares and like where it takes a knock and like she like yeah. and, and just I I could I'm trying to remember the last time I enjoyed like like oh there's a lot of like you see a lot of like gunfire combat and sword combat and anime mm. and stuff like that, but like just bare knuckle punching yeah like brawling mm-hmm. i can't remember it ever feeling so like feeling every punch that's where the mm-hmm. animation and the way that they like, it comes to life in it was just really completely yeah. invigorating it was so so good and it and both those women walk away from that pr- fight pretty fucked up brutalized, and, you, yeah, and you believed it too like it was it felt mm. really brutal yeah. it's um, like when the um, second one's good too Vi, when they're like trying to free Vanda, and Vi's wearing his like mining glove things mm-hmm. at the end of episode, of part one, yeah, 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 yeah. and like all the they're fighting on that bridge, mm-hmm. um, and just like every punch of that, Vi's so mm. fucking cool. <laughs> like her, her, I really like her fights because, like you said, yes. you really feel every punch, mm-hmm. um, and every punch hurts, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, yeah, I I did enjoy every fight. Every single one, which yeah, I, I think every, every single one was good. I don't think there was any duds in there where yeah. you went, oh, that was a waste of time or anything like that. I agree with that. Yeah. They were all com- visually compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of an example where that didn't work for me. Weirdly, I didn't like the bit in the first episode where they get into the fight with the like thugs in the street and it mm-hmm. goes into slow mo while while Powder watches. I don't yeah. know why. I found that really heavy handed and kind of. Right. I, w- <laughs> I wish it felt brutal. Instead, it felt like like. I don't know why it had to be slow-mo. The slow-mo didn't help it at all. It should have felt scrappy. It should have felt like physically dangerous. And it felt like, I don't know, kind of very fairy. It was weird. Anyway. So what did you think about Echo? Um, Cool, but I didn't give a rat's ass. Really? Well, Echo, I don't know. Echo was a, was basically a side note in the first part, disappeared and then showed up again in the, in the second part. And then oh, came was... in to have his cool moment. Again, a very, very, very popular, as far as I can tell, character from the thing mm. who got to do his time manipulation stuff a little bit and then gets sidelined again. Like, Oh, I I love Echo. Like, one, he was like a really cute kid. 
Sure. Um, and then I was, no doubt. I was sad that I was like, oh, okay, I guess. All right. Bye. Um, and then, <laughs> and then obviously we meet the firelights and he is the leader of the firelights and oh, so beautiful. Um, I don't know. I, he the, was the, where because, they are is beautiful. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is beautiful to yeah. me. I think because this show is so dire in a lot of ways and very like, you know, dramatic and heavy. Yeah. To have a character who is building hope in such a a dark place. And it's like, yes, it's heavy handed with its symbolism and all that stuff. But I really like that. And to see him kind of when he joined up with what's his name? I always want to call him Humdinger, but I don't think uh, that's Heimdinger. Heimdinger. Um something like that. Um Heindel. He- 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 I mean I've looked it up. Yep. Yeah. When they meet, meet up, I was like this is a beautiful friendship that I didn't know I wanted, but now I Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger. Yeah. Um yeah, I I'm like, I can't wait to see where they're going to go next season. Um, and having Vi have a piece of family that is safe and kind of representative of um, the home that Vanda had made for them was mm-hmm. really important for me as well. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Yes. I, th- I, like, I generally like Echo and I like what they're doing with Echo and I do agree that when they... They've they've now connected those two characters, yeah. Um, but they didn't do anything with it yet, so I don't have much more of an opinion beyond that. Oh, I anticipate that could be very good, mm. but where they just reintroduced Echo, gave so- I think it was important um, to give Vi an ally as well in the Undercity. She's so horrifically outnumbered. It was really important to kind of introduce but the, the, the again. But this is where I'm like, it's like then they they together and then they're instantly disconnected again. Um, for now. For now, I guess, yeah. Yeah. True. True. Um, I just need to really make it clear that Haley Steinfeld, is that that's how I say her last name, right? I believe so, yes. First with Dickinson, which just like obliterated my gay heart. And now with this, <laughs> like I don't know what she's trying to do, but it's working. Did you see the purple suit she wore to the premiere of uh, Hawkeye? No. You should look it up right now. Like, do it between now when we get to hearing final thoughts. You can open final thoughts with your thoughts on that outfit. Fuck. I'm just... Everything is so gay at the moment. I recently watched a, a season two of a show that I didn't know I had gay stuff in it. And it was like fucking queer women everywhere. And I was like, what is happening to my life? I mean, oh, the universe is really rewarding me for something. I don't know what, but I'm appreciating it <laughs> Coming fully. together at the moment. Good. <laughs> Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. I think I need to see Haley Steinfeld in in motion because she's oh, okay. just she's got like just real top energy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I um, I mean she looks fabulous. She does. Okay, the, the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm like, can we finish the podcast now? I've got something to do. <laughs> Do you have any side notes to mask? <laughs> I actually don't really because um, as I was watching, I wasn't taking notes, but for the opposite reason that you weren't taking notes because I was, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I mean, I've already mentioned um, I loved the brothel. I loved the madam. She was really yeah. cool. I love just the image of um, that little guy in his little gimp yeah. costume. 
Um, oh, um, Heimer Dinger walking through the undercity in his little robe was mm-hmm. the cutest thing. And then made it, making that little girl the top, the spinning top. Uh, oh, if, yeah, that was That cute. was so cute. Like, if I, I want a little Heimer Dinger in a robe plushie. <laughs> it was so cute. Um, yeah, I just want to smoosh his little face, give him kisses all the time, um, which is a weird considering, like, the weight that character um, has within his society. But there you go. Um, oh, one thing I thought was cool was um, Mel's mum, the the queen, when they were having a conversation about um, her being exiled um, and the reasons behind that. And I thought it was, you know, the queen simply going to be like, oh, well, you're, you're too weak to rule, blah, blah. Um, but they added an element where the queen says, she's like, well, I, I can't have you sitting there looking at me the way that you look at me when I make my decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so just adding that level to it, because it would have been very easy, I think, for the show to be like that character, like strong people and strong things only, but it was seeing the world from a different perspective was affecting her ability to rule. And I thought that was a, a cool thing to do. Yeah. I'm just thinking, just as you mentioned the Heimerdinger stuff, um, because I do like that character quite a lot. And it's very like, I'll, I'm going to say, a good example would be Sid from Final Fantasy IX, you know, sort of like considered to be a brilliant inventor and sort of like the intellectual and spiritual like leader of this progressive part of society, the upper echelon society, all that sort of stuff, right? And I like the character a lot. I almost kind of wish... The show did this thing as well where it had these cold opens where they focus on, like, the backstory of one character for a mm. second, like an origin moment or something like that. I almost kind of wish we just had, like... I would love... I would love, to, like, a, a 20 to 30-minute episode that just focused on Heimerdinger mm. and, like, once he'd, like, been taken off the council. Yeah. Right, I, like to, because that because because he's a two hundred year old character. This is his city that he built from the ground up, and he's been told you're no longer a part mm-hmm. of this, and decides to then go to the undersea to do what I don't know, but lend help, but we can't really understand what mm-hmm. that is because we. I got do specifics. think that is going to happen because, like, so much of um, Heimerdinger in this season is he's being like a naysayer to what Jason Victor want to do. Yeah. Um, and obviously the context there is that he's so old, he's seen a lot, he knows like, you know, mm. how bad things can be if you if you rush them. I was like, okay, but that's like not a particularly interesting character, blah, blah, blah. And then we get the slightest of hints of a relationship between him and that guy, that evil doctor guy. Well, who knows if he's, he's doing evil stuff, but um, that evil doctor guy who's making the... I can't remember the name of it. The Shimmer. Shimmer. Um, his name is it's like Scorch or something like that. Something like that. Something like, yeah. Um there's another is another character yeah. from the game. Yeah. That they know one another. That there is yeah. something going on there. So I feel like we will get more backstory yeah. in terms of that, which I'm really interested because in, I'm like as soon Singe, as his name. as Sorry. soon as that kind of hint was dropped, I was like, oh, okay, so that's gonna be one of the reasons. And there might be many, but that's probably gonna be one of the main reasons as to why um, Heimerdinger is so opposed to magic um, coming into play with science and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm really excited to see where they where they take that character now that he is free um, from being a, a ruler of the city. Um, I only got a couple of side notes. The they call the Undercity sometimes the lanes. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure 
is this is me trying to pretend I know I'm talking about video games for a second. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's a reference to MOBAs. Like the the idea is that like you get from one place to another via like these paths, which are mm. called lanes. So the mm. idea they called the Undercity the lanes I thought it was like, like a cute little joke for MOBA fans and even people like me who may be just very passing knowledge of that genre of video game. I was not a fan of the music in this show <laughs> at all. There were moments I, think, I were. I fucking hate the theme song. The I, theme song is awful. I, they got skipped every time. I hate... What, what are they called? Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. When they showed up in I the show... I was so angry. I was like, furious. first of all, I don't like the theme song. And now you bring it into the world and I have to see yes. their stupid faces. I'm like, yes. fuck yes. off. That was bad. But a lot of the music I did enjoy, um, particularly like during the fight sequence. No, I, I thought some of the music choices were really good. But there were some that I was like, this is lame. <laughs> yeah, and I guess from a... From like an action standpoint, you've got a, like a banger of a track behind it. It's going to elevate your, you know, it's going to raise yeah. your heart, your blood pressure, I guess. Yeah. But I didn't always feel, I felt like sometimes even with the grungy aesthetic of the Undercity, I didn't always feel like those two things went together. really met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was a disconnect there. And again, that just that just sort of put my theory that there was too much emphasis on the cool and not enough on the like... The, telling the story mm. or supporting the story better. Yeah, yeah my Least only fav- major complaint about the music is the theme song. Fucking theme song. So awful. Uh, least favourite and favourite episode. What was your least favourite episode? <sighs> oh, this is hard for me. Um, <laughs> least favourite. I mean, I don't really have a least favourite, but I will <laughs> choose one because you're going to murder me. Um, <laughs> wouldn't do that. I think... There was not, an, I wouldn't make that threat like fucking what's his name from Blizzard. Go on, sorry. No, okay, great. That's that's good to know. What a great guy you are. Um, <laughs> I think it, I can't remember if it's it might be episode nine, but it's like so much is happening throughout, particularly the second act and the beginning of the first. I think yeah, I think it was episode nine where things kind of like we're about to get there, but we're not there yet. That's my sure. only. Va- I remember having a vague thought of like. I'll probably choose this as my least favourite, but I can't remember why. So I'm just going to say that because I don't actually have one. (laughs) I'm going to say my least favourite episode is episode eight, Oil and Water. Um, And you'll just mention everything above. We had a big discussion about the sequence of events that takes place between Vi and Caitlin. There's too much lesbian drama in that for me to hate it. I was like, oh, what am I watching? A fan vid? Fuck yeah. (laughs) The stu- it's it's mostly the Vi and Jace stuff, yeah, which just confused me. And what felt to me like a real misunderstanding of the character of Vi, or or if not a misunderstanding, did not follow through on the dramatic implications of what they were doing with those characters. I think that was a real low point for me. Favorite episode. Whew. Um, favorite episode. Also a hard choice because. For a while, it's like, oh, it's going to be episode three because that's the one that really sold me on the show and made sure. me like just scream from the rooftops that everyone should watch it. I really liked episode five because we get the um, we get the brothel. We have mm-hmm. Vi and Caitlin are finally together, and I'm like, oh, they going to fuck, which got me really excited. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, Jace and Mel coming together and like strategy stuff, though that made me go. Oh, you're not gay. That's boring. Um, but in that we episode... We didn't really talk about Victor, actually. Did we have any particular thoughts on Victor? I like Victor. And I I, yeah, I like him a lot. 
and he breaks my heart quite a bit. But I don't have too much to say about him yeah. beyond just liking him as a person, I think. Yep. Um, and him bringing like humanity, the humanity of the Undercity into Jace's life, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, unfortunately, in episode five, we do have Imagine Dragons in the show, which is unforgivable. So that kind of detracts episode five from being my favorite. Um, oh, oh, fuck! Are I'm you- just gonna go with episode five, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I love I love them all because it's for me. This is a really good complete story, and you need all of those episodes. I That's interesting too, though, because I feel like. I don't feel like it's a complete story. I do feel like it is very um, Game of Thrones season one, where I have to, I have to, I, I need to stop the expectation that it's going to reach um, satisfying conclusions at the end of its seasons, and that is more likely just to get more complex and more layered and lead mm-hmm. to the next step in that storyline. Mm-hmm. I need to start considering it's like it that way. A complete beginning is what I mean. Yeah it's, yeah, it's more of an act one. Yeah, I think it's a good yeah. point. Like, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, so you want to be here so you can do this next thing. And I agree that it does, it gets to that point. You can't argue it, does it? Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say I was satisfied by that. But the my favourite episode is also episode five, Everyone Wants to Be My Enemy, despite <laughs> Imagine Dragons <laughs> being in the fucking show. Um, it, it actually also had... One of those little bits, those little tiny like environmental detail sense of humor moments I was looking for to just break that melodrama a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a bit where uh, Caitlin and Vi are making their way down into the Undercity mm-hmm. and like Vi just does her flippy floppy whatever yeah. to get down right and Caitlin's like trying to keep up and they, they were going to go down the lift, which is a really cool design as well. Yeah. There's this little old man walking by. Oh, yes. Really slow. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time Caitlin gets down there, which I think is after Vi's had a fight with some thugs in the street or whatever, yeah. that little old man's walking past. Yes. Like, <laughs> it would have actually been faster for Caitlin to take the lift. Um, yeah. Like, that was a little... I was like, oh, there is a little bit I of hope that here. guy's in every season. He'll be like <laughs> our, our cabbage man or whatever. Yeah, cabbage know? man. Um, the art direction was as good as ever was. That had that incredible fist fight mm. between Vi and the woman with the one arm, whose name I don't know. Um, and I was invested in the Vi and Caitlin of it all. Mm-hmm. So I was like, maybe this is the turning point for me. Maybe now we've got the kid crap out of the way that just for whatever reason didn't work for me. These are really the characters they always wanted to tell. They just wanted to sort of set you up first. We got through the prologue. Mm-hmm. Now let's get to know these characters as they're in their fully fledged forms. And I was starting to enjoy it a lot there. Predictions, hopes, and concerns going forward into season two, which has been confirmed to be coming. Yes, Actually, it has. I'm not sure if I mentioned that in the intro. Um, yeah, we are getting a season two. I have no concerns. <laughs> Zero um, concerns. I hope it comes out tomorrow. <laughs> um, in terms of predictions, obviously there's going to be a huge power vacuum. Um, uh, I mean, Heidinger is alive. So does that open up an opportunity for him just to come back for a while to run the city. I don't know. Will he want to do that? Perhaps not. Perhaps he'll be compelled to um, be on the side of the Undercity and just simply help their society a little bit um, in with, with alongside Echo. Um, obviously, I'm interested to see what happens to Caitlin emotionally now that her – presumably her mum has been killed – by Jinx, um, how that will play with her relationship with Vi, 
all of that stuff. I think um, Jinx is probably going to be a big bad um, more so mm. in season two. Um, or a rogue element, though. That's true. She could be a bit of a. She's got that Harley Quinn vibe going to it. She, she could does. be a bit of a Joker. Yeah. Sort of like Agent of Chaos rather than a big bad. Yeah, I did see a, a funny tweet about Jinx. It was just that kind of photo where she's sitting on the chair in full Jinx mode. Um, and this woman just tweeted, she's like, I'll never make fun of men liking the Joker again. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. Um, yeah, obviously now there are a lot of moving parts. Things are on the move. Things are going to start happening. Um, and because I don't have a lot of knowledge about the world and different elements, I'm not sure how many predictions I can truly make at this stage. I mean, it seems what is happening is where war is coming. Mm-hmm. We can't avoid war anymore. That is off the table. Yeah. This is your end of Game of Thrones. There's a there's a war of seven kingdoms, whatever now. We're having mm-hmm. that um, between the Undercity and Piltover. And um, oh, Zorn, is that the name that they want to call themselves? I They're, think the so. The nation of Zorn or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, did we see the missile hit the tower? I don't remember. No, it was just coming through the glass at that you stage. You sort of, that's right, that's right, yeah. that's right. Because um, I kind of wondered about that too. Mm. Without the explosions, like, I don't think, know if we, I'm interested to know how many, I mean, like a killy one, it was going to hit, it was like pretty much going to hit Mel by the looks of things, right? Like mm. she was the one standing by the window. And I just don't believe they're killing Mel yet. I feel like they've just kind of set mm-hmm. her up to, be more compelling. Yeah. So if Mel's not dying, why would I believe anyone else in that room is yeah. dying? Yeah, I've seen some predictions online, but I don't know actually what any of that means uh, in terms of um, what's going to happen in that room. But yeah, we'll I see. was wondering whether there might be some uh, like a hextet defense mechanism that's been pre-installed that we're not aware of that mm. Jace put in at some stage once he was on the council or something like that. Um, so I don't know how many characters we're going to lose there. Um, my big prediction is that we are going to see an influx of new characters mm-hmm. um, and probably some new locations too mm-hmm. where we're hearing more about Knox. Is that where Mel's I think that's name. queenly yeah. mother comes from? Places like that I think are likely going to start to spring up. We're going to move outside of just Piltover and Zorn and start to see those places as well. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, no idea. And it's, but I do think it's going to be, if we compare this to Game of Thrones, which is about as close a, a, a like, analogy as I can th- think of, for a good three, four, five seasons, it was all about expanding, 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 expanding. And I'm, my feeling is that's going to be it. It's going to be expanding before it starts to contract. I don't think they've got a particular endpoint in mind because what, in terms of adaptation, they are adapting a show that is full of lore, mm-hmm. but is not full of like catharsis. If that makes sense, disagree. The, the, well, the but the game doesn't. Oh, the, the game itself. Is, the right. game does not have an ending, mm. right? So if you're going to, so it's it's much easier just keep expanding because you've got all that lore there to use, but bring it all back together in a way that heads towards conclusion is not something unnecessarily that is written into the cards. Because um, even with Game of Thrones, they, were, they at least had George R. Martin tell them what his idea for the ending was, even if it wasn't written yet. Mm. Whereas I don't know if that's really something that's written into League of Legends. So anyway, 
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Hyle of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their show to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at bgordis, B-G-O-R-D-E-S. You can direct all your hate mail there. Damask. You can find me on Twitter at Maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. And please send all... Caitlin and Vi fan art my way. Thank you. Next episode, we're about to discuss Cowboy Bebop season one. Just to be clear, that's the Netflix live action adaptation, not the anime from nineteen the late nineteen nineties. Uh, in the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm.